Brad and Fritz, Brad and Fritz, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. Welcome along to the Brad and Britcast. Uh, we're glad you're you're with us. My uh, my plans for today have changed because of a little financial bind I got myself into last night. I had planned to be uh, uh, several hundred million dollars richer. That that oh, fell through. Yeah. yeah, that deal fell through. It's unfortunate. <laughs> About eleven o'clock on, on Tuesday night. So I'm starting to think this lottery is a ripoff. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's start with uh, the last card on the bottom of the deck being the first card that they started to play instantly. It's the infamous Nazi card. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't start with the Nazi card. No, right? It's like starting with the double dog dare. You don't start with the double dog dare. You wake, you work your way up to it. Yeah. All right. So here's here's the uh, lawyer for Trump's uh, newest attorney. This guy actually seems to be a lot more intelligent than most of the attorneys that <laughs> that Trump has had. Now, just because he's intelligent doesn't mean anything. Uh, just because he's uh, intelligent in that sleazy way doesn't mean this is going to matter in the end. But well. In the words of Mac Davis, baby, baby, don't get hooked on me, because you may not see this guy next week. He may be done by then. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So his name is John Lauro, L-A-R-O-U, and he's been making the rounds. Well, he he fulfills the number one requirement, who is he's a huge asshole. Huge. That's the number one requirement to be a Donald Trump attorney. Uh, So he got into a he got into a fight with Savannah Guthrie of NBC, the the today show i've seen him on some of the cables and uh, here he is this morning uh wednesday morning on the cbs morning show with uh gail king and that other guy and that woman <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have to know who they are it doesn't matter uh, former NFL wide receiver Nate Burleson is, I believe, one of the gentlemen. No, he's show. not there. He's not one of the three. Oh, is he on vacation, no. or they have, they they fired him? No, Britt, you you never know who's who's going to be there. It's just <laughs> people show up, they put him on. So this is the this is the last part of uh, their little thing. You'll love this. Here we go. Statement has said that even if he's convicted he will still continue to run for president. Do you think that that is, in many cases, if you're convicted of a crime, that sort of uh, puts you out in terms of a job that you may be seeking. Do you think it would be okay for him to be president of the United States if he's convicted of this crime? In a case where there's a political prosecution, there's no doubt that he's going to continue to run. None of these charges preclude him from being president of the United States, not one. Real quick, the Trump campaign yesterday called this... uh, Reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the former Soviet Union, and other authoritarian dictatorial regimes. I think what all Americans are concerned about. But comparing this to all, the Nazis. All Americans are concerned about the. Notice how he just absolutely glances over. Side, sidesteps. The question. Just, just yeah. does not even acknowledge yeah. that that's what's going on here. 
the, the criminalization of free speech. When I'm in that courtroom, I'm not going to be representing only the president of the United States. I'm going to be representing every American that wants to speak freely. Well, thank you. Thank you. So there, there you go, Britt. You got, you got it right. He's, he's a huge asshole, and he's taking orders from Trump, and he's repeating what Trump has said for the last five years in various forms, and now it's uh, they don't want to convict me. They want to convict all of you. They're not coming Boy. after me. They're coming after you. Uh, it's not about my free speech. It's about yours. And here's his lawyer channeling that 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 concept. There's a couple seconds left here. This is the first time that the Justice Department has been turned on free speech. But comparing it to the Nazis, you think that's a good move? Listen, no. what we're dealing with right now is a Justice Department that's out. You shouldn't have said no, Britt. You're actually assuming he might address that. What are you, nuts? <laughs> constitutional bounds and everyone's entitled to raise that issue all right we're gonna have to leave it there this morning john laura thanks so much so much to discuss here okay so now you 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 actually read it so you know what this fucko doesn't know is that very early on in the 45 pages jack smith says donald trump has a constitutional right to lie about the election if he wants to he says that his First Amendment rights are not being attacked, so it's stupid. And Fucko over here, supposed to know something about the law, should have seen that. I think it's like paragraph three. Jack Smith acknowledges Donald Trump can talk about the election. He can lie about the election. That is his, that's his prerogative. What he can't do is deny people's vote, which does go back to him being president. He's trying to deny a basic tenet of American rights, and that is the right to vote and select our leaders. Of course. Uh and, yeah, you have, uh, quote, unquote, the right to lie, say anything you want, for the most part, in public. But when that lie is converted into action, when that lie inspires others to illegal actions, then suddenly your blanket immunity under the First Amendment of the United States melts away even if that was the issue which it is not it is and not. jack smith jack which is smith, made clear slightly smarter than than even this brilliant lawyer that the the, the trump uh the this, trump yeah has. this guy who's not even going to make it till september this guy he's got it down uh the, there's other there's other thing and i here's the question no one is asking brad and i'm going to ask you and i don't get no one is asking this question how do you think this indictment uh helps or hinders donald trump's chances of winning election next november Britt, no one is thinking about that right now <laughs> it's a stupid question god you are you are <laughs> it's like the first thing <laughs> and, and i do remember there was this one scene where donald trump gets the numbers back and he's like so pissed off at not getting a larger share of the jewish vote well i don't know maybe when you compare like the gumball machine fucking you to nazi germany maybe there are a few jews and some non-jews that would go eh, that's kind of stupid i hate you if i even thought of voting for you fuck you maybe maybe that's part of the reason <laughs> you dumb shit donald listen closely here are the four counts to the indictment against you and you'll notice none of them as Britt Whitmire pointed out moments ago, have to do with the First Amendment or your ability and or right to speak. Conspiracy to defraud the United States by 
using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to obstruct the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. That's a long sentence, Don. What that means is you tried to lie and fuck up the electoral process and turn it upside down to your favor. Uh, Number two, conspiracy to impede the January 6th congressional proceeding. Okay? A conspiracy against the right to vote and to have that vote counted. That's not a First Amendment issue, Donald. An obstruction of an attempt to obstruct and impede the certification of the electoral vote. That's where you said all those nice things to Mike Pence, including the now famous, you're too fucking honest. (laughs) I added added the modifier there. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Uh, Mike, you're too fucking honest, which, you know, there is, there's some delicious irony to that. No matter what you think of, of Mike Pence, because going in before he was the vice presidential nominee with Trump, I don't even recall if his name was on any kind of short list. Do you? I don't think it was. I don't think so. He was plucked from uh, descending obscurity. I'll call it that because his days as a politician were were over because he was about to be uh, uh, done with being the governor of Indiana. And he had no prospects. He was not very popular. And so when they picked Trump, or Pence picked Trump, remember what the description of of Pence was. This guy is a Boy Scout. He is absolutely, think of him what you want. He's a right-wing idol. He's against abortion. But his Christian credentials are impeccable. Through the roof. will not lie. And it is deliciously ironic that in the end, at the moment, when it was needed most, that characteristic of Mike Pence helped save the United States of America and now will be the marquee above the uh, above the top of the the banner uh, uh, statement of who took down Donald Trump. He will be the star witness. He, he is. Will. He's going to be the star witness. You get him on the stand. Did Donald Trump, did the did President Trump ever say, you're too honest? Was that ever said to you in the phone conversation? Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Can you, can you imagine if on the Nixon tapes, he went to John Dean and goes, you're too honest. <laughs> can you imagine if that existed somewhere? That would be amazing. Uh, so there's, uh, there's a great... Um, irony and uh, delightfulness to that you know we were upset and i think reasonably so that pence refused to cooperate with the january 6th committee and uh, we must recall that we were saying then uh, yeah he refuses he's not helping but when the uh, actual wheels of the justice department start to turn after this is all over the january 6th hearings and they start a, a real live investigation and this is before jack smith right there was no jack smith for for many months after the january 6th hearings uh but nonetheless we thought well you know they are going to call pence in and he is going to have to to tell the truth and in the meantime he writes a book and i don't know whether that line is in the book uh about trump saying that to him but it doesn't really matter 
it no. doesn't really matter. No. And um, it's a it's a biggie. It's a biggie. You're this just too damn honest, Mike, because the you know none of these things, almost none of the things that were revealed in the indictment are are brand new. Some of them are, um, but a lot of them just reinforce what we've always known. And one of the major things we know about Donald Trump is he assumes that everyone at some level is as greedy and dishonest as he is. And he spends a lot of time moving his head back and forth, creaking around. He's trying to find your vulnerability. And once he finds it, he'll exploit it and he'll use it and he'll suck whatever usefulness you have to him out of you and then he will discard you like an empty carton of milk you're gone we'll see you you can do a hundred you can do 150,000 things in a row for him if you don't do the one thing that he wants you to do on a wednesday afternoon (laughs) yeah you're you're a piece of shit you suck you're and the guy let's be honest the guy from the time he was born he's never done anything for himself he's always had people run around doing shit for him He's never done anything for himself. He just expects people to do shit for him. And he's not even, I don't know. Can we, can we make the, 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 the comparison? He's a very bad criminal. He's not good at this. He's just not. I mean, he's, he's not really good at lying. The lies the title so- of a Michael Jackson album, Smooth. Was that the title of the album, Smooth Criminal? It was the name of a hit. Song? It was off the Bat album, Smooth Criminal. Later, uh, covered by a band called Alien Ant Farm. Kind of a punk rock version of it in the '90s. Very, very good cover. Well done. He's not- <laughs> nice. Pick it's it's not. He's not good at being a criminal. I think Nixon was not good either, but was a little better than Donald Trump. <laughs> I have to say, Donald Trump is so I, – I look at this and what Jack Smith's team put together in this one and the one about the documents. I look at those two, and I just think to myself, I know a lot of hard work went into this. I don't see how you lose this case from a prosecutorial point of view. I just don't. There's, I, I'm sorry. I know that there's a lot of things that can happen in court. I think – you know, Trump obviously has the junior varsity of the junior varsity of lawyers. They're very not good. The judge can pull all kind of fucked up shit in court. I get that. But holy cow, if if, if you've ever seen anybody that's dead to rights in, in a court hearing or any kind of indictment, there's just no way. I, I don't see how he wiggles out of this. Uh, last evening, I started looking around, I'm sure, like, you probably did to see what your favorite people were were saying and i always love to go to someone who very often doesn't write real fast on 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 quick deadlines it'll be a day later but i figure ah, maybe maybe today will be the day and today was yesterday was the day charlie pierce who writes these days for for esquire this is so good this is one of those you didn't hear this anywhere else Um, He quotes the lawyer for Aaron Burr in 1807. Nice. Wait, Wirt says, if the gentleman pleases, he is at liberty to consider the whole trial as a piece of epic action and to look forward to the appropriate catastrophe. That's his lawyer. That's his own lawyer. And then we come to present day 
Charlie Pierce, who says Aaron Burr's last distinction in American history is now gone. He is no longer the only president or vice president to be indicted for crimes against the nation he once served. We all forgot about Aaron Burr, right? Mm-hmm. We forgot. He he had that little uh, shootout with that other guy. And yeah. that other guy got a – it really worked out for him because you know, a couple hundred years later, he gets a hit play written about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's Aaron Burr and Donald Trump, the uh, president and vice president combo to be charged with crimes – I love it. I just love that so much. They're currently, but the, so Donald, much. Donald Trump's crimes are not against one person. They're against the United States. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're denial of, of voting rights. They're yeah. exposing our deepest uh, uh, secrets of national security to other countries, to people he shouldn't have been exposing them to. And still to come, well, that's the, the, the Fulton County indictment. This, this one is called the United States of America v. Donald J. Absolutely. Trump. Yeah, 100% it is because he, he's denying people's rights. And now let's get to the interesting part of this, the parlor game that's sweeping America. Who is number six? Co-conspirator number six. The other five have pretty much all been figured out. You got your Sidney Powell, you got your Rudolph Giuliani, you got your John Eastman, et cetera, et you cetera. Know, I, I think it's got to be John Havlicek, the greatest <laughs> sixth man <laughs> in NBA history. Hands down, it's not even close, right? It's Havlicek. You know, there's this story. the ball. See, there's this story about him stealing the ball that no one talks about, but I'm the one that always remembers it. Um, I know who I want it to be, and I know it's not. And he went to Duke University, and I don't think anybody's even talking about him as a possibility for number six. But God, I wish Stephen Miller was number six. I wish Stephen Miller was the guy who was number six. If you, if you off the gone, bench. if you have a life and you haven't gone through this the way we have, the the Five of them are lawyers. And then that sixth one is defined as a political consultant who went above and beyond with sharing uh, phone numbers, trying to coordinate fake electors, I think, in Pennsylvania and all kind of shit. And apparently they've kind of <clears throat> game plan this one. It could be Steve Bannon. It could be a few other people. Like I said, I wish it was Stephen Miller and that he would somehow get his tit caught in a ringer in this whole thing. But I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I think we'll find out in due time and. The uh, timeline on this is being set <clears throat> by the prosecution, by Jack Smith. And the reason we don't know is because he doesn't want us to know right now. And uh, if you have six people, any of whom could be or are likely to have uh, flipped or said enough to inject doubt into the minds of the other ones for them to come forward with even more than they may have already given to say, well, you know, I just remembered something. It's like a Columbo, right? You suddenly, ah, oh, I just remembered this. <laughs> um, so it's, it, 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 it's something that we've, that we've never seen. So this, this really is a combination of uh, you know Watergate and a mob trial yeah. put together. You know, well, what what do you get? What do you get? Um, and you know, instantly, instantly, I turned over at uh, seven o'clock to see. I know you love her. You really would like Laura Ingram. 
It's the to, best. Uh, Just to, the best. Right. To, to, to see how, how quickly she would lie and try to frame it in a uh, bullshit way. And, you know, it, it takes about two seconds, right, to figure out, you know, their, their, their angle and where they're going to be going, you know, all evening long. And the, uh, the banner, <laughs> the banner at the bottom of the screen at, at, at 701, free speech has been indicted. Oh, there it is. They're, there it they're is. going all, they're going all in on this. They really this think is, that the, yeah. this is, this is what this is all about. That, well, this uh, is a corollary. Of- By the way, the, the most heard human being. Yeah in terms of words that have to have been listened to by people on planet earth in addition to americans if any human being has had ever... more free speech than anybody in the history of free speech right has, if, it, is... if anybody has ever abused their privilege of their right of free speech their first amendment right it might be that guy it's right. a corollary of uh the, the what they preach their audience all the time about the cancel culture about how when you say stuff, you're going to get in trouble because of the left. Blah, 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 blah. This is it. Now it's criminal. And now they're, they're going to come after you for this if you don't defend it. And then that's why, you know, uh, Johnny Lightafart over in the trailer park who doesn't have a pot to piss in gives 20 bucks to the Trump Legal Defense Fund. He's got to reach into his pocket because his man's in trouble. And the next thing that comes, they're going to come after me. They're going to come after me, man. I can't have that happen. All right. You were probably also wondering about how quickly the fundraising solicitations would go out. And the answer is, of course, instantaneously because they were pre-prepared. That's right. right. Patriot, with Crooked Joe's corrupt DOJ having unlawfully indicted, indicted in caps, yours truly yet again, reports indicate that I could now face a combined 561 years in prison from the left's witch hunts six lifetimes there's only one message anyone can send by trying to throw you in a life of six lifetimes into jail and that's fear the fear that if you vote for the only candidate who puts you first (laughs) you too could be harassed indicted and even arrested by the current marxist regime in washington this becomes more of a parody of itself every day. Yeah, it really, not, really does. It's not funny though. That's the part. It's like it stopped being funny like years I, ago. <laughs> I understand, but the ability for it to cut through to even the biggest moron sitting in a diner, being yeah. approached by a reporter yeah. on morning TV, I'm not quite sure that, that this is going to do the the trick anymore. I, I I just I but just even as you sit so. sit here in 2023 and you look forward to an election that's less than a year and a half away, yeah. I still think he gets at least 46, 47 percent of the vote in a national election. I mean that's the uh, stupid you know part. What? Don't even predict numbers because you don't know. You have no idea. Have I, no I, idea. I, I see what's it's out not going to be identical. No, no, it is not going to be identical. I do feel time. that there's a certain point where there's a lot of people who are just kind. of – I think the the support is becoming thinner and thinner. I mean, there's a lot of people who would no matter what, and that pool is shrinking too. They would they would vote for him no matter what, and that is a shrinking pool. But as you go forward in the election. I don't know. There's there's a whole lot of, you know, you saw the meeting that Barack Obama had with Joe Biden privately 
And he said, look, I'll avail myself to anything that I can do for you. But this is, you know, you have to understand this guy's a formidable foe in our current environment with the polarized nation that we have with the lying conservative media that's out there pitching for this guy. It's a tough fight. Even Barack Obama is a realistic guy and knows that next year Donald Trump could be elected president in 2024. Okay, I'm not saying it's it's an impossible thing. I'm not saying that at all but and you know we've been saying this for forever for years also i thought years ago and i said this and i'm not quite sure you were with me maybe you were that the collective weight of what is going to come down onto donald trump's head and this was long before long before we knew anything that we know now that the collective weight would be too much uh, I hope I'm right. I think I'm going to be right. Um, it's it's going to be too much. It's going to be too much. Yes, I know he's he's leading the uh, Republican primary. I get that, but that doesn't turn into an election win in no, the general it, election. It really, it really doesn't. It, it doesn't. And You're right. I know. I agree. I'm not sitting there going, I really want Donald Trump because he's easy to beat. I'm not saying that. But um, as much as they would like to say. does kick in at a certain point on a lot of shit. Just look at my pants. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, The former president will appear in court in D.C. tomorrow, as I understand it, four o'clock to face the music on this particular indictment, Brad. And we still possibly have the Fulton County uh, indictment coming down possibly this week. So he's got a full full dance card. I Again, I hope that the uh, Georgia indictment happens this week because, you know, this is about, you know, sending all 11 of your defensive players into to nail that quarterback. Don't even let him – don't even let him uh, pull his arm back. You get him. You get this guy. You throw everything you've got. You keep him completely occupied, and you give Republican primary voters, even the dumbest among them, who will support Donald Trump all the way. I like the line, what's the difference between Donald Trump and Jim Jones? The answer is Donald Trump made him pay for the (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid. That's a great punchline. That's great. Love that. Yeah, yeah. You really, if you haven't had a chance to go through the indictment, I think the, the Times and the Post and probably several others haven't have annotated it, and it does go through what he did. This is what he did in Georgia. This is what he did in Arizona. This is what he did. It's really very good and very detailed. So, it, it it's very. Uh, I think it's written in a way mostly that even lay people can kind of understand. It, they, they do a fantastic job. They really do a very good job of laying the stuff out. Just very plain. This is what happened. This is what he did. This is easily provable. This person did that. We have a record of this. And there's just there's just no way out of it. Forget it. If you had great attorneys, if you had, I hate to say the dream team, if you had, if you had tremendous attorneys, the best people who have ever tried cases of this kind, and there's really not ever been a case of this kind because we've never had a president do stupid shit like this, illegal shit like this. You, I don't even know what kind of a chance you would have then, let alone this bunch of ham and eggers he's got running around here, his attorney of the week. Forget it. Well, even uh, he uh, fell off the cliff a few years ago. Alan Dershowitz, 
says that the New York charges, Alvin Bragg, those are those are bullshit, but these are real. These are the real deal. Yes, they and are. If Trump, if Trump is guilty of just half of them, he's dead to tomorrow. And oh, by the that's, way, that's Dershowitz. Drew, who you know, you drew the hanging judge in D.C., pal. You're not going to get your your friend from Duke University over there. You're not going to get Alina. You're going to get you're going to get the hanging judge in D.C. No, no breaks for you. Sorry. Yeah, I love it. I I love. I love I think it's great. I, I, uh, you know, it's terrible that, it, you know, that it didn't happen 18 months ago, but it's kind of unfair to say, well, Merrick Garland should have immediately begun an investigation in February of 2021. Right. And okay. Because had he done that, had he done that, you would have had no buffer. You would have had no, length of time in between January 6th and January 20th, you know, inauguration day and the beginning of an investigation. And uh, if you think that this playing of the uh, weaponization of the justice department, the two tier justice system against Donald Trump is, is bullshit. And it is, he's gotten every break that a human could ever be allowed to have. Although in his case, had the investigation begun then, he might not have gotten himself caught up in the documents fiasco, right? If he was already beginning to get investigated for January 6th, back in early 2021, remember the documents thing took a year and a half to, to brew. It did. To, he might have gotten away with that one because they would have been right on Jan, but that yeah, probably wouldn't help him in the end. But uh, that just, it just would have been too difficult possibly to overcome the charge that the Justice Department now in a Democratic administration was going after their the, the previous occupant because remember we don't do that in this country and the passage of time and then the appointment of a special prosecutor and they can say whatever they want about jack smith but he's not an ideologue he's not a democrat oh his wife did okay but he's prosecuted more fucking democrats yes then you can shake a stick at. But of course, that doesn't matter. I understand facts don't matter. Truth means nothing. I, I know all that. But where we are today, putting aside the fact that it's bumping up against the election and you know, the clock is ticking and, and the rest, it may end up having been a better decision than we realize. And it's just, it's easy to pound Merrick Garland. I know he's an easy target at this point, but Maybe maybe his judgment will turn out to be correct here. I have a question. I have a question. Yes. You know, this whole thing about, well, you know, if Trump gets uh, elected again, uh, he will immediately uh, disband the yeah. uh, the uh, the Justice Department as we know it. The yeah, charges the, will go yeah, away. And the he's investigation ends everything, yeah. The right. charges go away, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, when you, you get elected uh, president, and you nominate an attorney general, that attorney general has to be approved by the Senate. Yeah. And if 
the election is won by Donald Trump fairly and squarely, if that's even possible, and his whole his whole platform is elect me so that I can free myself from these charges, which maybe there won't have been a trial yet, or maybe there will have been a trial, and maybe he will have been convicted by then, and he will not have started his jail sentence yet, or the jail sentence will be put on hold pending the election. All kind of, you, know, you can't even predict all the variables there. If an attorney general is not yet approved and Trump nominates another lackey like he was trying to do two years ago with that Jeffrey Clark to do his bidding, can an acting attorney general, can an acting attorney general knock out Jack Smith, the investigation and the charges? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that question. Does an you're looking at another general have all the powers that an attorney general has, who's been. I think, but I don't. You know, man. again, you're you're looking at another constitutional crisis, right there. I know. Yeah. That's the point. That's the point. And David Frum in the Atlantic didn't write specifically about that, but he wrote all about several other issues that make it a lot less likely that on day one. Donald Trump's dreams come true. Yeah. If he's elected, it's not as as clunky as things seem in the United States in our government. Uh there still are these checks and balances. They don't work perfectly, but they worked well enough back in January of 2021 to keep the country from uh, falling into the toilet just barely well enough and it was because of a couple of people who said and did the right things, including Mike Pence. Those people, of course, will not exist. I understand that in a second Trump administration. None of those people, none, will will be around. But it's still, getting in the prediction game for this is just, that's a dead bang loser. You may as well start just betting on baseball and football. You got and that's why, shot at winning. Yeah. and that's why he's got. I mean, Trump has to be stopped as far as uh, being elected to the White House in twenty twenty four. You don't even want to go down the road and the mayhem that he I will know. cause. That's part I of know. what Miles My, Taylor does so brilliantly in his book. But is that he outlines the shit they had to put up with, <laughs> you know? And then it was like, well, if if he comes back in twenty twenty four, you can look forward to this happening on steroids, and. It, Okay. Right. I mean, the point is made. You know, that they will have learned from their mistakes. Uh, this time, we'll do it right. If you want to call it right. No, but they've. And, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I looked at it again. When you look at the 2024 election again, given that anything can happen between now and then, I had broken them down into two groups. They were the Womp states, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and they were the GAT states, Georgia, Arizona, Texas. Well, Biden had to win three of those four of the Womp states, and he did. Ohio was the only one he didn't win. And then somehow he won two of the three of the GAT states. I think he does at least as well right now, frozen in time in 2024, at least as well. And if he does that, if he repeats that, he gets back in the White House for another term. Well, I think the idea that was posited by more than a few people uh, – last night and i'm sure will be continued to 
be brought up and uh, they're not asleep at the switch at the White House that as uh, Joe Biden does not directly talk about the uh, prosecution, about the indictments, and uh, in effect says, let the, let the process go through. He should go to all of these states, visit every one of them, and talk about the sanctity of the vote yeah. and how important it is that your vote be counted and counted correctly and that no one, no presidential candidate, no governor, no, nobody should ever be in the position to change your vote or take it away. or per- And so you can say exactly what you need to say di- indirectly about Donald Trump and everybody can crack the code. Everybody will know the code. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, the black vote is trying to, is being taken away or at least attempted to be taken away at, at a rate we haven't seen in many, many years. In but that's like- exactly the point. That's yeah. why if you're Joe Biden, you go to Detroit City, yeah. you go to Milwaukee, go to Atlanta, you go to he, he goes to Philadelphia a lot already. It's <laughs> close by. Uh, but you go to Pittsburgh and uh, you come to you come to Charlotte and you, you come to Raleigh and you, you go to all those places. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah, I am. Next thing you know, you sound like Jimmy Stewart. You know, <laughs> <laughs> your bigotry is not here. Uh, Steve's got it at his house and his um, house. And his house. <laughs> I I'm reasonably i think more concerned about the north carolina governor election than i am about the presidential election because i really i think so because i think a lot of people just don't know how dangerous mark robinson can be for the state of north carolina i don't think i I think in this case you really can say it is early we're we're not in any kind of campaign mode statewide right now we're not yeah maybe you are maybe i am because we get barraged with with text messages and and all that kind of crap to give money but but most people are are not subject to that right now so i just i feel like there's a plethora of information that mark robinson is begging you to find out about himself and People or people just don't know it. And I think there's a number of people that would not, if you presented it to them without them finding it and looking and seeing it from credible sources, they would say, he didn't, he didn't say that. That's not something that he he said. And yeah, he said it proudly and he repeated it loudly from a pulpit in a lot of cases. So I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about that because he's flying under the radar right now. That guy doesn't fly anywhere. Look at him. <laughs> okay, there I went. I, I had no argument, right? So I had to say something like that. I had to make a fat joke. Right? I know next year will be very, very different. Uh, I have a lot of faith in Josh Stein, the attorney general, who is the presumptive Democratic nominee. I think he's uh, he's a smart guy. I think he's going to do well in debates. I think he's going to run a good campaign. But, you know, there's there's a chance. There's a chance that Mark Robinson is is our governor, and he would be. I don't know. Think of a bad governor out there that's been just horrible and done some pretty bad things. That Kay Ivy woman down in Alabama. I mean, she's been bad, but I, I think Mark Robinson. She's she's again little league compared Rit, to Mark hang Robinson. On, Rit. Rit, w- w- I'm surprised. You usually have enough faith 
that there are truly enough racist Republicans. I, I like that part. That of no it. matter what, he's going to lose a segment of yeah. whatever constitutes a wider Republican base than, yeah. than Trump has. So wh- what happened to those? Aren't you aren't you counting on on some of that? I do. I do like that as a fail safe in case of emergency break class situation. I don't understand that Mark Robinson, when he preaches the transgender and homophobia that he preaches in these pulpits, that some of those white people that are cheering him on Sunday, they won't be voting for you on Election Day because you're black. (laughs) They really like what you're saying, Mark, but they just can't go there and they'll go to the polls and they'll skip that one. They'll vote against Joe Biden because, oh, that son of a bitch socialist giving free money to people. You you must have seen the the uh, poll that I'm sure Ron DeSantis has seen that of all the top issues, fighting woke was the uh, number one issue for less than 1% of the respondents. Okay. Yeah, but they can't stop it. They can't. It's a drug. But but see, but that's the point. That's why in a general election, if you're that guy versus the, uh, the other person, you're the uh, Josh Shapiro of North Carolina, which is uh, a pretty good way to uh, talk about Stein, both of them, very successful attorneys general for uh, several terms, then running for governor. And I would just uh, call up Shapiro Stein and get the playbook. Just have it sent right down right now. Start reading out of it on how to run against a Trump loving wacko crazy in your state. That's and, actually a pretty good who who is the crazy ass that ran against him in, in Pennsylvania? Doug Mastriano. Yeah. And by the way, have you heard? Apparently they're shitting bricks up in Pennsylvania because he's ready. He's tanned. He's ready to go. He's rested. He wants to run for some other statewide office. I don't know whether there's a Senate seat that's that's open there in twenty four or, or something of that sort, but they just wanted this loser to go away. And these people can't. Well, I, I think they there's can. I think the same thing is happening in North Carolina among a lot of the, the party fathers, your Tim Moores, your Phil Burgers and those kind of people in the Republican Party who are like, oh, shit, Mark Robinson is going to be the guy. He's going to be right at the top of the fucking ticket statewide. Oh, my God. But it's too late. They created the monster. It's very much like Trump. They've created the Frankenstein monster. And honestly, if you do have Donald Trump on the ticket as the Republican nominee for president and you do have Mark Robinson at the top of the ticket as the Republican nominee for governor, North Carolina might turn blue. This, this might be it. This might be fuck the purple. We might go straight blue uh, in this huge 2024 election. Cause that's a pretty polarizing top of the card. As far as I'm concerned, that may be the one. Here's, this is the headline in the Philadelphia Inquirer three days ago. Doug Mastriano sure seems to be campaigning for something and Republicans are worried. You can't do anything. You can't. You see, you coddle this behavior and you foster it. You put it in a little Petri dish. You give it a lot of heat. And then all of a sudden it turns into this thing that you can't control. I'm sure that there were a lot of Republicans when Mark Robbins was out there and he's throwing his shit and he's being on Fox News and he's talking, you know, and he hates the transgenders and the gays and we hate diversity and all the blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's great. Oh, wait, shit. He's actually going to be on the ticket. He's actually going to go for higher office. Fuck. 
our lieutenant governor doesn't do anything in North Carolina. There's, I don't even know if there's any, any state constitutional duties that he's ever had, except for if the, you know, the governor gets shot. That's the only thing that I, I know of that the lieutenant governor does. Maybe he breaks ties in the Senate or something like that. But like, I think in Texas, the lieutenant governor kind of is the, the chief executive, not in our state. Our state, you, you, if you can name three lieutenant governors ever, <laughs> you're the biggest political geek in the history of the world. Yeah. I, I have one last thing here, completely off topic, and you'll love this. And I didn't even get to read the list. My headline was going to be um, the worst thing ever put up for auction ever. <laughs> here it is. Get ready. Get ready. There's an auction called Legends, Hollywood, and Royalty. It's got 1,400 different items. Uh, it's next month, September, and you can bid on the door that the Charles Manson family wrote the word pig on using oh, Sharon on. Tate's blood. Oh, come on. This is from the mansion that a pregnant Sharon Tate was renting with her husband, Roman Polans Polanski, in 1969. Five people in total were murdered that, that night. Nine-inch nails member Trent Reznor rented the house in 1992 while working on their second album called Downward Spiral. Really, Trent? Even Marilyn Manson when, said no. Hang on. When he left a year later, he took the door with him. The house was torn down. He took the door with him to New Orleans. He had it installed at his recording studios. Then he moved his recording studio to L.A. He left the door behind, and it ended up in the hands of someone else named Christopher Moore, who's now selling it. Estimated sale price, two to $4,000, but the current bid stands at 25000 The door written on in Sharon Tate's blood. Wouldn't you want that for your Halloween presentation this year, kids? I believe uh, for your edification, Trent Reznor, another great Cleveland musician along the same lines as Eric Carmen and <laughs> Michael Stanley and some of the great musicians that have come out of Cleveland. There you go. You want to finish the sentence or are you just trying to, to insult me because I just trying to personally insult years. you. What, what, the, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I've shown my love for Cleveland over the years more than you have. You know what? You know what? We're going to go over all the people that died within 50 miles of your, your house in Western North Carolina. Famous people. <laughs> Did Wolfman Jack kill himself in your front no, yard? No, it was what? a long way from me. That was like away from me. <laughs> Buffalo Bob. Now that guy died within Buffalo 50 miles. Buffalo Bob killed himself in your front yard. <laughs>